I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by the people's champ himself. He is Matt Baxendale. Bax, let's start off with some basketball real quick, then we'll, the crux of the show is going to be football, but let's start off with some basketball. Huge win for Ohio State last night. They knock off Iowa 90-70. to Iowa ranked 22nd in the country. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't a must win, it was damn close. And we will always remember this as the Justin Arns game, the uh, true freshman explodes for 29 points. Bax, he had 38 points all season entering the game. Um, and Again, it's just a huge win for Ohio State because of any metric you look at, they are projected to make the NCAA tournament. So what a big night for the Buckeyes and Justin Arms last night. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, this was a big win for OSU. And uh, it came with the added benefit of watching Fran McCaffrey absolutely melt down, trying to blame the refs for a 20-point loss. I mean, that's that's impressive. Not like you lost by two, Fran. So that that was hilarious to say the least. And his kid got a T too, so I guess it was a double dose for the McCaffrey family last night. But uh you know, Justin Arns I don't know what else you can say except wow. Uh, I hope he shoots that well the rest of the season. You know, maybe he's like the Brendan White of the basketball team where all of a sudden late in the season you let him play and the next thing you know, boom. Uh there's no real clear explanation for how a guy who didn't really do much of anything all season turned out to be so viciously effective at bombing threes, but, you know, maybe this is the missing link. Um, but in the end, you know, this OSU team right now, as long as they don't have just a horrible loss at some point remaining on the schedule, like losing to Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament or something, you have to think they have a great chance of making the tournament. And maybe it's an 11 seed or something, but, hey, at the midpoint of the season when they were losing all those games in a row, you have to – you you told me that the Buckeyes looked like they have a real chance to make the tournament. I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Yeah, if they win one of these next three games to close out the regular season and then win one game in the Big Ten tournament, I mean, I think if they get to 20 wins, they're in. So they were knocking at the door, which <laughs> I thought they were NIT bound for the longest time, but they are knocking at the door to get in the big dance. All right, let's turn the page, talk some football. Jonah Jackson is a Buckeye. That is huge. That news, of course, is a couple of days old. Um, the Rutgers transfer, all, you know, he can play guard, he can play center. Um will be eligible right away at Ohio State as a graduate transfer. You and I have not talked about this yet. I mean, it sounds to me like he's going to come right in and be the starting left guard. Huge get for Ryan Day. Huge get for Greg Sodrawa, who's taken a lot of flack, including from myself. Uh, and just a huge get for the Buckeyes. Just your thoughts on Jonah Jackson coming to Columbus, my man. Well, I was also on the can stud actually get the job done bandwagon. Um, you know, we saw him close well, though, with uh, – you know, two of the high school guys on signing day here getting Jones and Vomahi, and now he turns around and lands Jonah Jackson over Oklahoma and Texas and Alabama. I mean, you know, those guys may have a little bit of cachet when it comes to football. So, you know, this is this is a big deal. Um, I know a lot of people are still like, yeah, it's some dude from Rutgers who cares, but the truth is is that this dude from Rutgers is going to come to OSU and start right away. I think we'd all be shocked. And you know, the other thing, too, is, is we we at Ohio State have 
some people have seen this before. If you remember the year OSU won the national championship? They brought that kid in from Alabama who was supposed to be com- competing to play the starting center role and never even saw the field and left the team halfway through the year. So I think OSU fans don't understand really what these graduate transfers can do. Um, this is a situation where you just locked down one of your starting offensive line spots and you just freed up Brandon Bowen to compete for either guard or right tackle this fall. I mean, if you look at the Buckeyes on the line now, you're going to end up essentially thinking you got Thayer Munford back at left tackle. You've got Jackson next to him, who's a veteran that's needed on a young line. you got Josh Myers. Then you're going to either have Wyatt Davis or Brandon Bowen. And then you're either going to have Brandon Bowen, you're going to have Josh Alabi, and you still have Nicholas Petit-Ferrer at the other tackle spot. So there's all of a sudden a little bit of depth here. And that's kind of exciting when you think about it because if Bowen's healthy, he's a guy who was the starter a couple of years ago before he broke his leg. Uh, you got a young star recruit in Myers who is a guy that they thought was good enough that they considered starting him at center and moving Michael Jordan back to guard last year for the Big Ten Championship in Rose Bowl after the injury to Demetrius Knox. I've been saying this for a little while here, even before getting Jackson. I was not that worried about the O-line, and getting him makes me feel darn good about the O-line now. And that's something I think everybody should be really excited about. And, hey, maybe Stu Draw will, will be able to sort of piggyback success from this year into next year's recruiting class on the O-line, which has big numbers needs, no question about it. Bax, this is an interesting story. Um, Ohio State might not be done on the offensive lineman grad transfer market. Uh, I thought when they got Jonah Jackson, that meant they were just going to shut it down as far as grad transfer offensive linemen. Not true at all. Parker Braun is the name that fans out there need to know if you don't know it already. Parker Braun, he's transferring from Georgia Tech. He is very interested in Ohio State. In fact, there's a story on Bucknuts right now that is must-read material from Bill Curlick. Bill Curlick talked to Parker Braun's father, and they're very intrigued by Ohio State. And Parker Braun is going to visit Ohio State probably uh, March 22nd. He's definitely going to visit Ohio State at some point officially. Probably it's going to be March 22nd. Here's what's where it really gets interesting. If he picks Ohio State, I mean, they're really going in-depth here, Bax. Uh, the plan might be to redshirt this fall, he could play up to four games if he wants to and still redshirt, then come back as a fifth-year senior in 2020. And it's because this kid played as a true freshman at Georgia Tech and was a freshman All-American uh, as a true freshman. They're talking about how Ryan Day um, you know, calls him every day. Parker Braun and Ryan Day talk every day, according to Parker Braun's father. Parker Braun's father told Bill Curlick that they think Mickey Marotti is the best in the business. They're right about that, by the way. And they think that, you know, if they have two years of working with Mickey Marotti, he can get him ready for the NFL. Very intriguing situation here, Bax, with uh, Parker Braun. And I think it also speaks to the lack of depth, relatively speaking, at the offensive line position. Um, that you're talking about bringing in yet another grad transfer with the intention of redshirting him. Uh, let's be honest here. One of the drawbacks for some of these guys at this point is, is that they're not going to be able to go through spring ball. They're going to be here in the summer after the team has gone through spring football and have to essentially prove that they're so much better than somebody who's already made it through spring in a top position to jump from into the starting lineup. So if Braun comes here and the idea is to redshirt him and then play the year after, you know that that's a lot more sensible than saying, oh, here comes another guy in that we're going to have in the, uh, in the ability to come in and play. I mean, you don't need to fill two spots. And I think that's something that's critical for OSU is that this also prevents them from needing to take six true freshmen in the recruiting class this year. Because if they bring in Parker Braun, then he's going to be around next year. And that puts a little less pressure on Stud to bring in 
all these true freshmen. And then you have more true freshmen coming in to play offensive line in one class than you can start. So this sort of helps balance the classes. It's a really interesting move, one that Urban might not have made. But I can see some pretty extensive consequences coming from it. You mentioned Nicholas Pettit-Ferrer earlier. I find him very interesting. He was number one offensive tackle recruit in the country in the 2018 class. That makes him interesting, just that alone. Five-star kid, number one offensive tackle in the country. No big deal there. Uh, came into Ohio State last June, 272 pounds soaking wet. You know, way too slender. Did play a little bit. They got him to four games. They were able to redshirt him. He's now up to 288 pounds, so he's added 16 pounds already. Um, my question for you, you think he can add another like, 16, 18 pounds or so before the season starts without losing too much agility and get up to like 305? So I think to be like a starting right tackle, to be in that mix, I think he needs to be around 305. you think he can get there this year? you think that might be more of a 2020-type deal? I'm leaning more to 2020 on NPF right now. I, I, first of all, I was impressed with Joshua Lobby when he played this year. Um, both times he came in, I went, wow, we're screwed, and then he played great. So I don't know if there's necessarily this need to push NPF onto the field when you have a lobby who's got – this is his last year, and he was effective last year. You've got Thayer Munford at one of the tackle spots. And by the way, Brandon Bowen can play tackle and guard. So if NPF isn't big enough yet, then there's no reason to rush him out there. I mean, you've got him for four years. So uh, I'm one of these people – 16 pounds is a lot to gain in a couple months. I expect the kid to still have his fast feet. You know, you, you got to kind of go incremental in these things. And if anybody can do it, it's Mickey Marotti. But I don't think there's this rush to get him on the field. It's not like they're like, well, we have nobody else. Chuck him out there. It's not going to happen. Last topic, and this is a big one. Uh, they are Ohio State is currently two over the scholarship limit. They gave a scholarship to walk-on, former walk-on offensive tackle, Kevin Wojtke, who will be a fifth-year senior. Obviously, C.J. Saunders is another kid that used to be a walk-on that's on scholarship. He was put on scholarship last year. Um, I'm assuming they're going to keep those kids on scholarship. They earn those scholarships. They're not going to take them away from them. Um, uh, but, and they could, they could be three over if they land the aforementioned Parker Braun. This means there's going to have to be some quote-unquote processing done. Some kids are going to have to ha- sit down and be, uh, they're going to have the talk, as I like to say, <laughs> after spring ball. Or maybe they won't need to have the talk. Maybe they'll just see the writing on the wall. Um, I hate to throw names out there, but, I mean, I, some, some of them are just glaring to me. that I think I, I see some of these kids, and I think they could play college football and be successful, but probably not here at Ohio State. So I'm going to throw some names out there. Tell me if you agree or disagree that they could be on transfer watch and maybe add some of your own like Jake Hausman. Jake Hausman is, you know, he was a highly rated tight end coming out of high school. He's a good kid and he's just buried on the depth chart. They've got a lot of quality tight ends on the team. You know, you look at Rashad Berry, you know, you look at Jeremy Rucker, you look at Luke Farrell. I mean, he's the fourth string tight end and he's a fourth year junior, so he might might be time for him to look um, elsewhere. Jerron Cage, a uh, talented defensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, he, he might be a kid that could start at a place like the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Bearcats, but here he's buried on the depth chart at Ohio State at D-Tackle. Gavin Cup is the last one I want to throw out there. Fourth-year junior. I mean, they're getting all these grad transfers. There's no talk at all from the coaches. Maybe things will change in the spring. There's been no talk at all from the coaches about, oh, Gavin Cup's in the mix. Those are three guys I wanted to throw out there that I put on transfer watch. Hausman, Cage, and Cup. What do you think? Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's something you don't really like to speculate on a ton because, you know, these kids are here working their butts off for Ohio State. 
But when you're an upperclassman who's been passed by a freshman on the depth chart, the writing's on the wall. And I, I think Jake Hausman is the clearest example I can give of that because he was the first name you mentioned. He would have been the first name I mentioned. He's fourth on the depth chart. He's a very highly touted former recruit. Um, and he's the kind of guy, too, where I don't know what his class situation is, but let's say he goes through spring ball and he manages to get his degree here and he's got two more years of eligibility as a grad transfer available to him. It'd be foolish for him not to go play somewhere. So I would not be shocked there. The same thing with Jerron Cage. We talked about all these young guys who were playing at D-Tackle, the Tommy Togi eyes of the world that we're excited to see on the field this year, right? Well, he's older than a lot of them. And we haven't heard a peep about him. That's a problem. you know. And then, of course, you've got Gavin Cup, who infamously had a scholarship to Michigan State yanked a couple of years ago because he had the audacity to go to Friday Night Lights. And then OSU offered him, and it was this feel-good story. Well, right now, the guard position at OSU is they don't feel good about anybody on the roster if they're chasing after all these uh, chasing after all these grad transfers. And now I feel like some of the guys on the roster are going to be fine, but I think the fact that they're chasing the grad transfers is because after the top two guys at guard right now, which would be Bowen and uh, Wyatt Davis before Jonah Jackson, they don't really feel very good about the depth. And so if they don't feel good about the depth, that's directly focused at Gavin Cup. And, you know, here's the thing about offensive linemen. If they're not playing, they're not contributing whatsoever. I mean, what are they on, field goal block team maybe? I mean, that's about all you can do. And so unlike somebody who, maybe like Jake Hausman, who can be on special teams or help on coverage or whatever, or, you know, when you have some cornerback who isn't on the field, but, hey, guess what, he's covering kicks and all that other stuff. Gavin Cup's literally a guy with a helmet on the sideline who isn't doing anything all season. And, you know, when you're getting passed by younger guys again, like Wyatt Davis, then it tells you a little bit about what you need to know about how the staff feels about it. So I think all of them will go through spring ball first, and all of them will complete their uh, spring semester at OSU. But I don't know if any of those three will be on the roster this fall. I would bet you at least two of them are gone, and I don't know which ones, but it just seems logical to me that those guys are going to find their way out. But I will caution this transfer discussion with one uh, bit of I've seen this before. When you talk about needing roster space, it seems like every year there's one person who you don't want to leave who has something happen that causes them to get thrown off the team or leave the team or whatever. So, you know, be careful what you wish for because we don't want to be talking about somebody who we think is going to be a contributor. And it it unfortunately seems to happen every year. You have one guy, you're like, dang it, not that guy. Well, just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind if you're talking about roster numbers. They tend to work themselves out sometimes. Great stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, on what was a action-packed show. I appreciate it, Bax. You can catch his column every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is, of course, the bucket. So thanks again to Matt Baxendale, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.